0: Hey, Wizards fans, Zach Rosen here from WashingtonWizards.com, uh, along with the rest of the digital team, Jacob Rame, Chris Gehring, and Ryan Disdier. Uh, before we get to today's episode, I want to remind you that this podcast is sponsored by BioFreeze, the official topical reliever of the Washington Wizards. BioFreeze offers fast-acting, long-lasting, powerful pain relief to help you feel no limits. BioFreeze can be found at your local retailer as well as online. <laughs> Today, we're going to talk about uh, the pre-draft workouts that have been going on at uh, the MedStar Wizards Performance Center, uh, along with uh, some agency workouts that have been going on more along uh, behind the scenes. Uh, We have, obviously, the combine that took place since last time we spoke. Um, And we're going to just go through kind of who's been mocked to the Wizards. Again, this is no inside information by any means, but we're just kind of going off what the so-called experts are projecting. Um, And, of course, the Wizards have already had some guys in this week, more projected to be G League fringe second rounders. Um, But, uh, guys, what have you taken away? I know a few of you were there today. Just the process, seeing the process again, I feel like every year you're refreshed on, wow, like they have to do that. That's a lot
1: going on. Yeah, I think the thing that I always take away from it is that they – it's very rare that the coaches get to have these guys kind of – I guess, put through the test that, that they want to see for what they envision for their team, for their roster. Um, certainly now with the G League team, with Capital City GoGo in place for over a year, that that vision and, and what they want to do at that level is more in focus as well. And so all those things really come into play for these workouts. I mean, you see G League coaches, Wizards coaches are there, and really that way the, the entire program gets to get a look at See these guys work out, see them in the weight room, interview them. So all those things kind of, I think every coach then gets to make their own evaluation, and it it helps the, it helps the organization kind of have the last piece of kind of a holistic view that they've gotten of these guys. Since since some of them, especially the guys that we're going to see this week, some of them have a big body of work in college. They have three or four seasons. Um, we'll see, obviously, some of the. The higher ranking the higher mocked guys coming in closer to the draft hopefully but um it's just interesting to see the see what they want to see in the kind of the final audition which is kind of what these are there's so much evaluation that's already been done so much film that's already been analyzed and now to kind of see how they perform under under pressure um, with different kinds of competition and how they react so watching that play out in front in front of coaches live is is always interesting to see
2: yeah it's cool too because like how you mentioned performing under pressure uh like toward the end of the workouts after they do drills and kind of just regular exercises it just kind of boils down to just a pickup game and i think that's always really cool to see because what, what it really is is just these players who may have heard about Other players from different schools but not really particularly have that close of a relationship so they get a chance to just kind of go out there try to get chemistry on the fly with these guys Uh, we saw today and uh, yesterday just the the longer it goes on the longer they're able to just kind of get their groove out there with just for lack of a better term complete strangers for them so I think that's a a really cool aspect about it because they really just get to go out there and just kind of like Chris said try to impress coaches and just Do whatever they can and kind of put an exclamation point on all the workouts and the interviews and everything else
0: i mean it really is at the end of the day they have their body of work like their resume that anybody can go look at their highlights and all that and then they have this is like their job interview and it's not taken as seriously as most job interviews i i would say like if someone doesn't have the best workout that's not going to write them off completely but for a lot of these guys that have come in uh the first two days and then again tomorrow they're such fringe guys that they have to impress and so it's, it's interesting uh, to see, you know, some of them will like be like, yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Or uh, be running to go get their water. So they don't miss anything. Um, it's just an, an interesting atmosphere for sure. I, th-
3: I think you also have to remember that they're not only auditioning to be drafted. They're also auditioning for a spot on the Wizards summer League's roster, a spot in the wizards training camp, you know, and a spot to, you know, and, and if you get that, you know, you have that leg up on being uh, getting a go-go spot next year. And so, I mean, those are all things that can help you along your career, not just getting picked in this NBA draft. Some of these guys, some of these guys definitely know they're not getting selected, but are still trying to grind out the start of their careers in a more non traditional path. And I think that, that that this to them is so important, uh, and just as important as it is to the guys that are going to get drafted very highly.
1: And getting in, getting in on any level with a professional team, the chain reaction that it can set off. You know, if you summer league with a team then you get in front of a European scout then you get to go play sometimes for a season or two and really grow in a professional atmosphere get a lot of minutes playing against other pros Um, there's just no telling the road that that one workout can set off for some of these prospects especially guys that haven't been kind of at the top of all the boards and things like that so that's what's cool about this and what what comes out of it what it boils down to is some really intense competition even though it's not always like game action it's three-on-three three and things of that nature. It's not a full five-on-five five officiated game, but it leads to a lot of really great competition, and we've heard players in the past say that those kinds of atmospheres really help bring out the best in, in everybody, and it's, and it's fun to see.
0: Well, I know we haven't seen any of these guys uh, outside of the Combine quite yet, but there are, of course, millions of mock drafts out there, so I wanted us to kind of go through some of the guys that have been projected to the Wizards um, just based off I know we did a roundup recently, and, and this has no particular order, just based on what we've seen a lot of. Um, so we'll go through about six or seven guys, and mainly just you know tell me about them, what you how how they would fit, and uh, what we can really you know what are some of the things about them that people might not know. Um, so Jackson Hayes uh, has been projected a lot to the Wizards from out of Texas. He's a center. Uh, he's been compared kind of to, like, a Clint Capella, like, traditional center guy who can set a screen, dunk, protect the paint. But, I mean, what, what else can we, can we take away from that? I mean, I feel like that's always projected every year to the Wizards as some center <laughs> that ha- can't shoot the ball, apparently, and all that. But what else can we take away how he would fit?
1: Yeah, so Jackson Hayes, when I was doing a little bit of reading about him because he's been mocked to us, I think, five times out of the ones that we've sampled on, website so far and the he didn't shoot a single three in his only season at Texas
3: so uh, we can assume his first so three would be because so yeah, so we'll get him to start shooting three yes
1: yeah. so that's an interesting thing though because when you when you look at the evaluation of almost every big man in the draft f- from like the last five years or so it's always there's always a line in there about can they develop into a perimeter shooter can they stretch the floor um, and that really isn't necessarily Hayes's game what he does have is plenty of athleticism a really long frame the ability to I think when he grows into an NBA body he can be a big time rim protector a finisher and so those are all those are all very common buzzwords when it comes to big men but watching him at Texas for one year kind of the growth potential it's obviously hard you know He's essentially still kind of out of high school. I mean, he's yeah. been in college for what five months or something like that, and then got into the draft process. So uh, that's going to be the case for a lot of these guys. And um, but certainly his his body, his frame, and his athleticism are th- are the two main building blocks for any for any incoming big in the NBA today.
2: Yeah, he's got all the tools, and it just is a matter of whether it can be molded into developing. And uh, I know a lot of. Experts have been saying that he might be kind of like the perfect example of a guy whose ceiling isn't that high, but his floor is really high. So he's a pretty safe prospect in that regard because he is so traditional. He can do a lot of the things you would want from uh, a, a guy like Clint Capella. So I think in that regard, he is really intriguing because you have this base of what like you're kind of like, all right, this guy could be a very safe player, but if things go right and he's able to develop, he could be uh, a much I mean, much better player than that.
3: I mean, rim rim protectors who can run the floor are I mean, never. Can gonna, really run the floor. You can run, really run, yeah. are never going to go out of style. Yeah. The guy was the guy shot free throws really well, at Texas. You know, he was around 75 percent. So I think you can dream on him developing a jumper. And you know, as you work with him to develop him, the guy. I mean, who knows if he'll, ever, if he'll ever actually be able to shoot threes? But I mean, developing a mid-range game would be paramount for him. And look, I mean. All these guys are really interesting. All these, none of these guys are. I think that when when we're getting into the nine range, you know, we, there are certainly no sure bets, and everybody at nine could go as l- high as nine and as low as like twenty. S- yeah, yeah, twenty at this point, and and he certainly fits into that mix. He's just got to find the right fit. I think he probably goes in the lottery.
0: Yeah, yeah, he seemed. I mean, he's so young. I think he's one of the. He's probably the what the best pure center on the board. Yeah. So, that that makes it him intriguing to a team that's looking for that long term uh another center who is definitely not he's only listed as a center because he's seven foot two uh he missed a lot of the season with an injury he's a mcdonald's all-american you've probably heard of his dad manute bull his bowl bull bull, who is a really really interesting prospect some injury concerns undoubtedly but i mean i to me he's probably like one of the 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 most like unicorn type players in this draft
3: could easily end up being the second best player in this draft Mm -hmm. could also easily end up having zero impact massive ceiling you know basement level floor classic you know you know if you have if you if you can afford to take a risk
1: and on his upside you know he could be awesome Mm -hmm. yeah the injury concerns have knocked him down mock drafts quite a bit but when you read the profile before you get to the line about injury, like, if you read any profile about him, it's that he has a generational skill set for his size. And, you know, I don't know what the Wizards' goals will be in this draft at 9, but, you know, whoever – if he really does slide to, like, almost 20, like a lot of mock drafts have him now, it could end up being, like, a a crazy steal. You know, when we look back 5, 10 years down the road, people say, wow, how did – How did teams miss that? But the injury concerns are serious. I think he played six games in Oregon uh, and had to sit out the rest of the year. But if you watch some of those highlights, I mean, I've watched some tapes, and obviously it only shows the good stuff. But when when they're playing against – they weren't playing against great teams at that time, but just the ability to – Truly really change the game. He can really handle the ball. And the fact is, he still shot fifty two percent from three. I mean, three. it's, it's I mean, crazy. I don't care
3: what teams yeah. he's shooting against; he's yeah. shooting like it over anybody. He scored yeah. like
1: over twenty points a game, like ten it, boards. It was unbelievable. He can obviously protect the rim. He's seven foot two. He can dunk standing still. He yeah, like averaged three blocks a almost. game. I mean,
3: you think about so. those. You think about the, the the stats he put up. I mean, if he if he hadn't gotten hurt and had played a full season, mm-hmm. and teams weren't he'd so paranoid about that, he'd be.
0: Top five,
3: yeah, 100%. You have
2: to, yeah. It's just really interesting to me that it's the second straight year where there's this super, supremely talented player with really, really scary injury concerns where they could go anywhere from the top f- – well, last year, Michael Porter Jr., he could have went anywhere yeah. from like the top four until when he was picked, and he just started to keep sliding, and it really does just end up being like what teams are willing to – and Denver was a team that kind of – obviously ended up taking that risk, and he still hasn't played. So I wonder w- how many teams are going to view a Bull bowl- Bull situation I mean, similarly.
3: Look, I think that, you know, the Sixers took a similar chance on Joel Embiid and what mm-hmm. he didn't play for, like, two seasons.
2: Yeah, but the the timeline of that team was so such a, a unique circumstance. No, I mean, of course. I'm yeah. just
3: saying that, like, I mean, you know, a guy like him uh, could, yeah, yeah, absolutely. could deal with injuries
0: and still end up. Yeah. The two things I took away from Bull bowl- Bull. not trying
3: to compare Bull bowl- Bull to Joel
0: Embiid, by No, the definitely bowl- different players. But Bulbul, organ Oregon had to completely change the way they played when he got hurt because they didn't have enough offense without him, which is insane. So they really struggled for the first, you know, once he got hurt until about 75% through the season, then they really turned it around. You saw him go pretty far in the tournament considering where they yeah. were in like January. And the second thing I took away is both the positive and negative watching his tape. He is clearly super confident and will shoot the ball from anywhere on the floor, but he also misses guys who are wide open all the time because he's – I mean, this is pretty common for an 18-year-old to have tunnel vision, but I notice it a lot watching his tape. Um, And so, I mean, that also makes sense why they had to change the way they played. All right, we're going to take a quick break here and talk about a few more other players on the other side. During this break in the action, we remind you that this podcast off the bench is powered by Biofreeze, the official topical reliever of the Washington Wizards biofreeze offers fast-acting long-lasting powerful pain relief to help you feel no limits biofreeze can be found at your local retailer as well as online okay we're back uh jacob had to run to a meeting which is very typical of our day to day but uh (laughs) zach's still here chris and ryan also still here Uh, we're gonna go on to the next guy um I apologize to this Frenchman if I mispronounce his name, but Sekou Dumbaya is a very hot prospect at 9 for the Wizards. Everybody seems to be projecting this one, um, I think, mainly because after – if the draft goes chalk, as we assume, that you can kind of, you know, invest in projects after that, depending on what you're looking for. Um but I think a lot of people are curious what to expect from this guy. I mean, he's super young. He's never obviously played in America. He didn't go to school here. Um, he's been playing professionally, I guess, a few years in France. He's not gonna. His numbers aren't going to pop out to you. It's not like Giannis has ever did or any of those foreign guys who start playing, you know, the, the freaks, quote-unquote, that are just physical investments. They're very uh, built for their size, their position, and – I guess a lot of people have compared him to Pascal Siakam in a way, um, which I can see. I just watched his tape, and I was like, yeah, I see that a lot. He's just, like, everywhere. But what have you guys seen from him? What can you tell our fans more about him?
1: Yeah, so the thing about Domboya is that it's interesting is that not a lot of people maybe have heard of him until this process started. If you look at a lot of big boards, just from 1 through 15 or whatever, he is right around, like, 8, 9, 10 on a lot of big boards as far as just, like, skill slash potential in this draft as a prospect. So, I think this would be a really interesting pick for the Wizards. Obviously, he's going to require some time. He's going to require some patience. But when you look at the fact that he's a, he has a six nine frame, he's a really smooth athlete. And when you have those two things, you, you he really fits the mold of a guy who can slash, who can be a problem on the rim, and defend a lot of guys and you know we're watching the playoffs now we're watching how a guy like Pascal Siakam can really impact a game with his size on both ends of the floor he has probably the athleticism to guard like uh, in the right situations one through four if not all five positions he's six nine with Mm -hmm. a big reach yeah in the modern NBA definitely yeah so that kind of that kind of upside at nine in this particular draft um he's a really really intriguing prospect for those reasons Obviously, he has to pr- improve his efficiency. He'll have to shoot the ball better. Um, he'll have to score a little bit more efficiently. But I think those intangible skills are going to jump out to a lot of teams around where the Wizards are going to pick.
2: Yeah, everything I've read about him so far, every single profile has just kind of highlighted his athleticism over and over and how raw he is and how he can really be developed into something special. And uh, I know the Siakam comparison is super popular and that's the one a lot of people go to but i've seen that his former teammates compared him to mellow uh, lamar odom one of um. someone who's been around him for a while called them a monster with a child's face and I mean, he, he is so young and that's such an intriguing thing about him where i mean we we're talking about bull bull and how he is so talented but has the risks with, with injuries where um, he kind of doesn't have those injury risks he just has like chris mentioned issues with efficiency or you're just looking at the box score he he certainly hasn't been uh lighting it up in points per game but all the physical tools are there and it would be certainly an interesting player to uh kind of follow especially in his rookie year and trying to see how he navigates the change from playing Mm -hmm. in europe to playing in the nba the
0: the questions you always have about the international prospects it starts with are they going to be okay coming to america and you know assimilating and you know figuring out the life of being an nba player let alone being in a different country right you think about character which is it can be hard to judge character across cultures at times but i mean he's so young i can only imagine it you'd be just worried about his maturity and then uh the third thing of course is just is he willing to come over right away and i'm sure he is if you're gonna be a lottery pick in today's nba you're gonna come over right away um, i don't know about the other international prospects in this draft, but. You know, that's just what comes with drafting an international guy. There's a lot of questions. I think a lot of people were shocked when Giannis came over right away, and it clearly his assimilation to America, his rookie year, probably made her broke the fact that he became who he is now. I mean, who knows if he gets stashed and he comes over, if he even decides to come over, becomes the player he becomes. So uh, it's interesting with the international guys. Uh, Another name who uh, I think he's kind of – ranged late lottery mid second mid first round maybe even to the 20s as nasir little out of unc he seems to be more so one of those guys you can plug and play right away yeah. he can defend multiple positions he can score pretty well from anywhere on the floor uh efficiency you know wasn't fully there i don't think he kind of had a reserve role towards the end but he made a huge impact in the tournament and he was a mcdonald's all-american yeah. he might have won the mvp i don't I don't recall, but he's like he was a big prospect coming out of high school.
1: Yeah, on on big boards right after, right before he started his college career. I mean, I he was without a doubt a top ten, if not a top five prospect, pretty much across the board, and for sure he is one of the most probably one of the players that's most likely to be able to step in and give you quality NBA minutes right away because he plays really hard. He's got a big like built out frame already for his age, and he will, I think he'll automatically defend enough to be, to get NBA minutes, to get rotation minutes, and then as he improves h- as, a, as a shooter, they'll only help him because he's already comfortable really being a bulldog, going to the, going into the paint, attacking the rim, and we watched it in the tournament, uh, like you said. Th- he Definitely a difference maker, and I don't know about, you know, the floor and the ceiling, but... For teams that are looking for a guy who can really come in and and adjust quickly, I think that he'll be that. Obviously, there's a learning curve for every for every rookie, but for his age to to be the kind of um, profile that he has as a physical player, a defender, um, he's long. It's it's really going to help him, and I think you know around the where the Wizards are picking is where we'll likely see him go. I don't know if it'll go early, but. If the Wizards weren't to take him at 9, I think that 10, 11, 12 range is is probably about right for him.
2: Yeah, and I think fit would certainly be uh, something that would possibly entice the Wizards to draft him. Jeff Green and Trevor Rees are both free agents, so the Wizards need help uh, with the forward position, and he could certainly come in and, like you said, just add value on defense and really just step in and contribute early on. Um, So that would probably be another reason why.
0: I think he's very NBA ready compared to a lot of these guys, and he's literally, you know, 19 years old. He's gonna be, he would be here uh, a while, and you know, people might think he plays the same position as Troy Brown, but I feel like Troy Brown is gonna be handling the ball more, playing more of the two slash three versus the three slash four, and Little is more uh, a genuine forward. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it'll be interesting to see. You know, if he is there, or maybe the Wizards think they can get him a little later, try to trade back. But I, I, feel like he's a very intriguing prospect and kind of fits what the Wizards are looking at. Um, then a lot of, you know, the the first three picks seem to be set in stone. After that, you know, four through eight, there's clearly seems to be a tier among experts. But a few guys that could fall would be probably Kobe White out of UNC and Nasir Little, or sorry, not Nasir Little, uh, Cam Reddish out of Duke. Um, do you think those guys, if one of them falls to nine, that the Wizards, like, have to pick them?
1: I I tend to feel that way about Cam Reddish. I, I think that his physical profile will be talked about ad nauseum as one that is, once it fills out just a little bit more, he is the prototypical frame for a two-way NBA wing. Um, his His numbers at Duke think could scare some people away and I think that that is probably why some people think that he's going to drop or can drop um, but watching some of his tape I am I'm a Louisville basketball fan I watched him shoot Duke back into a game against Louisville this year I think once you get him in an NBA program he's probably going to be able to contribute pretty quickly and um, another another kid who obviously is right almost right out of high school if like you talk about these freshmen super young there will be a learning curve for him as well but I think the physical tools combined with the pedigree that he he also had coming out of high school is if it were to drop I think it would be real uh, the Wizards would uh, would have to take a really long look at him for sure I, I feel the same way about Kobe White but we, we can get to him as well
2: yeah I was gonna say it's funny you say uh you would say Cam Radish because I would say Kobe White I just think like I've said it before but I and I've seen a lot of people a lot of experts can make this comparison but he just reminds me so much of Darren Fox in the way that they both play really fast but they're also completely fearless when they're driving or just doing anything they they just don't play timidly and I think that's such a a big and like look at a guy like Colin Sexton last year who once he, I mean he was the same way he just Was not afraid of anyone or anything and once he started to find his footing he really started to show out and i think kobe white is kind of cut from the same cloth where he's got the physical tools but more more so than that he's got the mental uh kind of tenacity to find success early on in the nba and you know john wall's health is still um something that needs to be looked on and there's really no timetable for his return so getting a guy like kobe white in there and just getting him reps Early on in his career, I think pay a pretty large dividends.
0: I think I'm on record last year predicting that Troy Brown was going to get picked by the Wizards without any intel. Just, just that I I said I don't think this is who I want the Wizards to pick, but I think this is who they're gonna pick. But if you guys had an early early prediction of who you think the Wizards will pick at nine, who would it be? I think I I think I'll go uh, with Nasir Little. I just yeah. think. It might not be a nine, but I think it it makes sense. He's young. He fits what they want to do. Um, but I, I'm definitely going to probably change that within yeah, the next I, two weeks. But
1: <laughs> I like that. I like the idea of a wing in general. I think when you look at the, what the Wizards might want to accomplish this season, you, you just mentioned John Wall is going to miss probably a significant part of the season. I think that there will be some time to develop some players and, and get some minutes. And I think for that reason that, that what we talked about with Sakuta Boya, is is probably going to be very intriguing to the wizards we'll see how the draft plays out but to be able to add a guy with the upside that he has he has a really unique physical frame and i would say not not totally rare but unique athleticism to go with that and i think that that's a profile that in the wizards position right now as it stands today it would be it would be really hard to to miss up to miss on that and i think that he kind of fits right in there as, as good value and in, in the spot
2: yeah I would say Jackson Hayes uh, kind of going off what you said about value I know a lot of fans um, would be I don't know what exactly the word would be but uh, Dwight Howard and Yan Mahimi are both under contract for next year so that would be adding a third center but I mean you don't draft for one year you draft for the next 10 And I think that drafting a guy like Jackson Hayes, who we said is so kind of like what you want in a center, and he has the room to improve and can hopefully develop an outside shot or a mid-range shot and just become a more well-rounded player, I think drafting him would really help solve the center position for not just, you know, the, the short term, but for the long haul as well. So I think that that value at that pick would be something that makes me believe that that would be him that would be the pick
0: and i think especially with how if thomas bryant does come back he's more of an offensive threat defensive threat and it would be interesting to see those guys for you know for years to come it's kind of like a one-two punch in the paint could probably even play together at times too um all right uh after i put you guys on the spot uh we'll wrap this up uh but we'll have more coming later in the week with uh, Prospector two. We're going to interview them after their workouts, which is always interesting to, to get them on here. Some are very impressive, and even, like, we take note, and I'm sure the Wizards brass does it too when they meet with these guys. Uh, but for now, uh, until later in the week, thanks for listening. <laughs>